Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. Joining me for this Sunday Fun Day edition of the show, a man that is way too fascinated with tattooing human anatomy on his anatomy, huh? Jake, Papa J Bones Parlor. It's me. That is true. I do love weird anatomy things on my body. You do. Yes. It, it, I'll be honest. It surprised me the last time you you told me your plan. What was the last plan? What did you sketch out or have someone else sketch out? Hmm. Yeah, so the next plan is to get the brachial plexus, yeah, which is like the right. nerves of, uh, yeah. of the arm. I want to get that tattooed on the inside of my arm. Yeah, that's... Word. I mean, you've already got a set in your arm. That's a fact. I'm just saying. Like... Yeah, you know, but I, I want to be able. I want to be able to walk around and people be like, "Yeah, what the, f you know, what is that uh, weird you, you wanna stuff?" You want to teach some people, huh? You want to give yeah, them a little I, anatomy lesson. I feel like that's important. Okay. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That is important. So that's good. You'll teach people anatomy, and I will too because that's my job. Um, Wait, what? Jake, I've got great news though. Way better than anatomy. Hmm. Are you ready? Yeah, dude. Let's go. This week, I've learned how to be charming. Okay. Yeah. It's a tough skill. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready to have your pants charmed off by me, All right. Jake. Huh? Okay? Because, uh, well, let me ask. Do you want to know how I found out how to be charming? Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all thanks to a little article from BBC. That's ah, right. Another one. That's right. Uh, it was called Tricks to Make You Effortlessly Charming. Yeah. Tricks. Tricks. Tricks, Tricks to Make okay. You Effortlessly okay. Charming. Now, this article, uh, uh, Jake, was accompanied by a picture of George Clooney. Hmm. The most charming. That's yeah, well, you know, here I had been thinking my whole life to be as charming as George Clooney, you had to be the son of an attractive news anchor and beauty queen, have a couple hundred millions of dollars, star in the biggest TV and film events of the 20th and 21st century, be extremely smart and witty, but apparently not. Nope. If you got some tricks from the BBC, boom, you're charming. You're charming as yeah. George Clooney. So, here we go. Here we go. Are you ready for some tricks? Yeah, dude. Okay, so first, they say people can make judgments about someone's likability, trustworthiness, and competence after seeing their face for less than tenth of a second. Hmm. So, ah. it seems trick one, Jake, is don't be ugly. So true. So, okay. so... So, Easier said than done. Exactly. So far, it looks like I'm not going to be charming. Oh! Sadly. Sadly, that's but, not going to happen. But there are things that you can do to trick people into believing you're not. Ugly. Beards, big glasses, yep. these things help. Mask. Yeah, mask. The coronavirus mask. Very yeah. helpful. Now, 
Uh, don't worry, though. We've got five more tricks. So they're still hot. Right. Okay, so first or second trick. Second trick, uh, this is getting a little bit more tricky. Smile. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. When you meet someone, oh. Jake, apparently you're supposed to smile. Mm. But w what if your smile makes you ugly? Uh, they they didn't they didn't they didn't count for that, Jake. Uh, but he, what, what if you got really ugly teeth? Ew. Well, this helps me though because I every time I meet somebody, I grimace like Ken Vogel during the last set of a leg press day. Wait, what? That joke oh, was yeah. that that joke was only for Jake, listeners. That was only for Jake. So throw that away uh, if you're not Jake, just to let you know. Word. Trick three. Here we go. Here we go. Trick three, channel your charm. Hmm. That's it? That's it. So to be more charming, Jake, we have to channel our charm. That makes sense. Nope. That makes sense. I feel like that. that's just like looking up the definition of something in a dictionary and then and it, it telling it, you. Like, it uses the word. Yeah. Yeah, in the definition. Yeah. So true. Yeah, well, they, uh, in this trick, Jake, they, um... They use Johnny Carson as an example. They say Johnny Carson okay. uh, was somebody who was a very natural introvert uh, and would have preferred to be alone and not charming at all, but he channeled his focus into being one of the most extroverted people there was. So yeah. easy peasy, Jake. All we got to do is act like one of the most successful talk show hosts of all time that every single late night comic and late night host looks up to. Easy. Yes. Done. Yes. Got it. Yes. There you go. Trick three yeah. accomplished. Trick four. This one. This one was pretty interesting, actually. Trick four. Raise your eyebrows. Yeah. Just both of both or one? Both. Well, uh, uh, okay. fast. It's 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 a fast. So apparently, Jake, as humans, we do three uh, things when we approach someone to signal that we are not a threat. The three things would be an eyebrow lift, a tilt yeah. of the head, and a smile. Those are the three things that we let another human know. Hey. We're not going to murder Sweet. you. You know? Yeah. That's, while, you, while you were repeating all those, I was going through each one, one by one. And, and you you agree, right? I, I think I yeah, agree. Man, I, I do it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, th this is an important thing for me to know because I had been following the cat method of letting someone know you're not a threat. Wait, what? I had been winking my eyes slowly like I was falling asleep and then rolling over, showing someone my belly and purring. <laughs> and apparently that's... Mm. That's only accepted in the cat world, not in the human world. So it's a good thing I know this. Now I will ri raise my eyebrows, tilt my head, and smile like a human. Good, good. Uh, trick five. Okay, trick five. When you're charming the pants off somebody, Jake, you got to find common ground. Boom. Absolutely. Boom. 
See, once again, I've been mistaken. Generally, I go by the rule of five. First off, I go straight and ask the person about their religion. Wait, what? And immediately, whatever they say, I tell them that they're wrong. Hmm. Then I go to politics and tell them that those views are wrong. What? Then I ask them about abortion. Jeez. Then I ask them if any of their relatives recently died. And Girl, then finally, on. I finish up with how I love Yoko Ono solely for the purpose of breaking up the Beatles. Wow. But apparently... That's not a good way to charm people. They don't seem to like those five things, Jake. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. All right, but, so, uh, re hmm? Rethinking this, what what are some better topics to well, find common ground? Well, so, so here we go, Jake. I'm going to try this common ground with you. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Jake, I, uh, I've i been thinking. You know what I really, what I really love to do? I'm just going to bounce this idea off of you. I really love eating a bowl of Special K cereal while listening to 90s rock music in Barnwell, South Carolina. Does that sound like I, something you'd be interested in? I, I, yeah, it's like, that's like my dream. Yes! Like, yes! You, Common you, ground! You instantly, you instantly became a favorite person. Yes! Yes! I'm charming the pants off of Jake! It's happening, everyone! Yes! My pants are off. Yes! Okay, last trick. Now, this one seems a little creepy hmm. um but apparently the last trick is you have to watch their body language so apparently yeah. if conversation is going extremely well two people conversing will start to mirror each other in bar body language so ah so i've never thought about that so it's a it's a little hard to do this one on the radio jake but right now are you talking into a microphone yeah. Yes! We're already doing the same thing. We must be charming mm. the crap out of each other. Yes! Yes! It's happened, Jake. You're doing, you're doing a way better job than me. I'm just sitting here taking it. No, 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 no. You're being charming, too, because we're getting involved in each other's lives right now. It's happening, Jake. Uh, I feel confident in saying that we are pro properly trained in being charming. We are now a mixture of George Clooney and Johnny Carson rolled up into a ball of charming that you can't even imagine. So true. You can't even imagine. That's a fact. Now that we're charming, do you want to fire this show up, Jake? Let's fire this thing up, Ben. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo! My goodness, the show today i am so excited talk about charming our guest today jake he's charming that's a fact he's very charming mm -hmm. he's he's positive that's right he's very positive k bong if you're looking for a guy that is positive k bong is your guy this dude just he's happy about everything and i think i think it stems from his yoga practices jake mm. he's big yeah. into yoga yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so I'm gonna ask him. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk yoga. We're gonna talk about his new solo album, and I'm very excited. You know, he lives in San Diego, Jake, and uh, San Diego is my favorite spot in California. So true. I think if we ever get time, what we need to do is we need to go from here in Jacksonville on Interstate 10 all the way to to San Diego. Hmm. That okay. That would be a good ride, and. Uh, we'd get to see K-Bong at the end. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Sweet. But first, before we get to all that, Jake, we need to start where we start. 
A birthday suit. Yeah, hit me. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Uh, okay, so, Jake, I'm not going to lie. The birthday suits this week, hmm. they're not... Uh, they're they're an eclectic group. They're an eclectic. They don't fit any mold. They're from all kinds of different years and all kinds of different things. So I, it was very hard for me to judge these. This first one though, okay. I gave an eighty-five percent. I'm confident you know exactly okay. who this is. It's just right. not the easiest to point out. Um, born on July twelfth, nineteen fifty-nine, in New York, New York. Our birthday suit wearer had one brother who was two years younger than him. Our birthday suit wearer didn't really have an idea of what he wanted to be when he was growing up. So when he graduated from high school, he enlisted, he enlisted in the Navy and was a boiler technician for six years. Hmm. After he left the Navy, his brother had started acting and doing stand-up comedy and was extremely popular. Actually, he was on Saturday Night Live for a little bit. So our birthday suit wearer started working in entertainment as well. He worked with several rap groups, and he had a role in the movie uh, CB4 in 1993. But it wasn't until Dave Chappelle invited him in onto his Comedy Central show to do skits and write that he became well-known. That's a fact. He was most well-known for his Hollywood stories. One about Rick James and one about Prince. Hmm. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer died in 2017 from leukemia. Hey. Yes. Balls. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. What did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. So good. So good. Charlie Murphy. Yes. Turning, he would have turned, what would that have been? Would have turned 61. 61 man. today. Yeah. Dang. I got to say, man, I got to say, those those two skits, I don't know if I've laughed at something harder than those two skits, oh. especially the Rick James one. The first time I saw yeah. the Rick James sketch, oh, man, so good. So good. Yeah, it's like, it, I mean, like, I would say, you know, Eddie Murphy was a classic on SNL, mm -hmm. but, th I mean... Like I would say that scene might be as iconic as any SNL scene like ever. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I mean, just like I I've mentioned this. I mentioned this way back in the day on this show. I think this was like maybe at the first year that we did the show. But I remember because that came out my first year of undergrad. That sketch, and like you could not go around campus without hearing that everywhere. Literally everywhere you went, you just hear, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap! Like, just everywhere. Unity! Yeah. Like, you just heard that <laughs> everywhere you went. And, I mean, it was, oh, God, it was so good. That's a fact. And the Yo, couch! Oh, man, just everything. So good about that sketch. Charlie Murphy cemented his legacy with that. With those two sketches. Just so good, man. Happy birthday to Charlie Murphy. Turning the big 61 would have. Man, leukemia. I didn't know it was leukemia. Nope. I like I I didn't know that's what that's sadly what killed him, man. That's cancer. Yes. I mean, cancer, man. Get so many people. But happy birthday to Charlie Murphy, R.I.P. That's a fact. Uh okay. Speaking of R.I.P., are you ready to rip some headlines? Jake. 
the ripping and the tearing. Yes. Let's do it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Yes. Uh, Jake, we're going to start this ripping session uh, with a story from Alabama.com. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Jake, since, uh, since this pandemic started, uh, I've heard some interesting reasons why people don't wear masks, you know? Yeah. I heard, I heard mm-hmm. one the other night that a girl told me she got anxiety uh, attacks. She had panic attacks when she put a mask over her face. Mm. Like, all right. Mm. Uh, some people say it impedes on their civil liberties. Uh, some people just say they, they don't want to. Well, uh, the Madison County Jail in Alabama, they, they've added a new one to the list. Very interesting. So a couple weeks ago, a Huntsville man was arrested, sent to jail. Uh, when he was arrested, he was wearing a mask. And when they arrested him, they took his mask. Hmm. And uh, when he got to jail, uh, he noticed no one else was wearing a mask. Nope. No jailers were wearing a mask. Nope. No inmates were wearing a mask. Nope. No police officers were wearing a mask. Nope. And he was like, uh, shouldn't you guys be wearing a mask? And they were like, shut up. Nope. And they just went about their day. And uh, eventually this guy got released from jail and he told media, like, hey, media, uh, nobody's wearing masks in there. And of course, right after he told the media this, one of the jailers tested positive for coronavirus. Oh. Uh, the next day, all the jailers and the police officers had masks on. Hmm. But the media couldn't help but notice none of the inmates had masks on. Nope. So they were like, hey, why don't any of the inmates have masks on. And Brent Patterson, a spokesman for the uh, the uh, police officer, said, um, you give them face masks with a nose piece with the metal pieces in them, they're going to eat them. Wait, what? They're going to swallow them, end quote. Word. I don't... What? Think that these... Yeah. Are that, like, these prisoners are not... Infants, like pets. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, or like children. They're not like ah, oh, shiny. I couldn't keep it out of my mouth. I just had to throw it in there. Like what? Can you imagine that? Hey Jeff, where's your mask? Well, it had a nose piece on it, and the nose piece just caught my eye and put it in my mouth, and one thing led to another, well, and you know I ate it. So I guess we'll be seeing it in twelve to eighteen hours. You know, <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so annoying about this whole thing is, like, the prisoners are in a isolated, I mean... Closed. Closed area. Yeah. So Recirculating like you figure, air. You need it. Yeah. You need it badly. I, but, but... Yeah. They're not doing it. They're not doing it, Jake. Hopefully, maybe sometime, maybe sometime before all of them get coronavirus. Uh, Jake, this next story is from News Channel 11 in Pennsylvania. Uh, Jake, have you ever heard of Sheets? The gas station Sheets? Hmm. I never, never okay. heard of that. No. They're, they're a mid-Atlantic sort of north, northeast thing. I Googled it okay. before the show. They go uh, as far south as North Carolina. That's as far as they get. They don't oh. actually, none in South Carolina. They're, uh, they're somewhat akin to a 7-Eleven or another... Um, Another northern thing that has made its way south, which which would be Wawa's, if you're familiar with the Wawa's. Anyways. 
for my money, 7-Elevens the only place you need to go. Real slurpees. Yeah. That's what's worth it. That's that's what's worth it. But Amen. that's Amen. not to say that I haven't been to a Sheets, Jake. I've I from time to time on a road trip, I've hit up a Sheets. Probably my my favorite thing at a Sheets, their travel cup of M&Ms. Pretty nice. Mm, okay. Yeah. Delicious treat. Anyways, that's that's not the point of the story. Uh sadly, Jake, the point of the story is there was an assault that took place last week in a Sheets in Pennsylvania. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. some, some folks were hanging in line waiting for their food, right? Because they have made-to-order food, MTO, That's a fact. at Sheets, Jake. And they were waiting to get their food uh, when they were attacked. Jeez. That's right. Now, I know what you're Bye. thinking. Well, I know what you're thinking. What did they attack them with, right? Hmm. The attackers used boom boom sauce. Word. Boom boom sauce. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. I never. Have you heard never, of boom boom never, sauce? N- I guess is it hot? Well, apparently I uh, I had to Google that too. Um, boom boom sauce is typically made with uh, sweet chili sauce, mayonnaise, and Ooh, ketchup. Yeah. Those are the three main ingredients in boom boom sauce. Um, okay. This boom-boom sauce was hurled into the victim's eyes. Jeez. And as the article Ow. says, caused temporary blindness and eye irritation. Uh, the subjects, uh, or suspects, not subjects, suspects drove off in a four-door Nissan with a West Virginia license plate. So keep your eyes out, Jake. Uh, so do we know the motive? No. No, we don't. But I, I gotta say, okay. I'm glad I wasn't the cop filling out the report on this one. Cause like, you know, if I were responding and they were like, they were like, so I, I was hitting the eyes with boom boom sauce, and I was like, wait, wait, boom boom, was was it his boom boom sauce? Was it theirs, or was like, is there a fraternity clinic around here? Where did they get that? Ew. Oh, they make it in the store. That's disgusting. The FDA needs to come inspect. Oh, it's made with mayonnaise. Okay, that's not the what I was thinking then. Nope. I was wrong. Sorry. Different boom boom sauce, apparently. Yes! I had no idea, Jake, of this boom boom sauce nonsense. No idea. I got to say, though, I got to say, after you listed those ingredients, though, yeah. yeah. It sounds pretty delish. You, you, you want to you wanna be involved with some boom boom sauce? I would charm someone's pants off for oh. some boom boom sauce. <laughs> oh, there may be extra boom boom sauce when that's when that's going on, Jake. I'm just saying. Wait, what? Uh, Oof. Yeah, that's right, Jake. This next story is from uh, NBC Channel Seven. It's gonna take a weird turn. Uh, Jake, America likes its reality game shows. You know? So true. Am I right? Oh yeah. The, the, I love mine. The Big Brother. The So You Think You Can Dance. The American Idols, all of those kind of things. Um, but I've decided if America comes up with a reality game show called So You Think You Can Do Dumb Stuff, I've got one of the first contestants. Hmm. And it's this dude in this next story. Because he d- he's done some pretty dumb stuff in this article. Um, you can judge for yourself. Uh, recently, okay. a man in East County, uh, California, he's been tracking, uh, attracting a lot of attention from his fellow citizens. 
um, while he's been driving around town. And uh, he's, he's in an SUV, and every time he hops in his SUV, he does something before he starts driving, which would be he hangs up a Nazi flag in his back window. Wait, what? Yeah, he's asking to get his his wrecked. Yeah. yeah. He think about it for a second. He drives around with a flag representing a group of fascists that tried to take over the world and in the process killed 11 million innocent people. Hmm. He's going around with a flag that's so disgusting it can get you up to three years in prison in, prison in Germany just for for having it. Hmm. How for, is this guy even alive today, like right now? <laughs> he's he's going around with the flag that is the exact opposite representation of Tom Hanks singing Pharrell song Happy. That is the exact opposite of that image yep. that I just gave you. Like... You, you, you and you never guess this, Jake. Uh, but this guy is is white and has a head full of skin. That's a fact. You'd, okay. I know. I know yeah. you wouldn't guess that, but that that's what that's what he is. Who would have guessed? But uh, this man, <laughs> this this is even the, the the better part. This man was surprised. He said, very surprised, when he says two people tried to tear the flag from his SUV and fought with him in a parking lot. Last month, hmm. and he and he reported yeah. this, Jake, to the police. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, what are the police gonna do? Well, the police are gonna be like, "Yeah, what do you expect? What do you expect?" Yeah. Like, I mean, talk about a way not uh, to be charming, Jake. Like, yeah. Hey, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, I, let's take my car. Lunch sounds good. Uh, wait, is that a Nazi flag in your back window? Sure is. You thinking burgers or... Wait, what? What are you... Yeah, let's just hop in the Nazi wagon and go on town. What? Nope. What? Nope. Like, how is this guy surprised? Was this guy... Yeah. Uh, did this guy watch Star Wars and say, Hey, man, that Emperor and Darth Vader, they just seem to have all the right ideas. I really hope that Death Star works out for him. It seemed great. The dark side. That's what it's all about. Like, who who is this guy? Like, come on, get it together. Well, like, you know, some things in the in the country, like they everybody's like it's freedom of speech and all this stuff, but it's like not that is like that's just not hate cool. speech. I mean, does not include hate yeah. speech. Nope. Does yeah. not include that. No, not at all. Well, Jake, uh, this next little piece of news is from travelandleisure.com. Get a little lighter here. Jake, I think we can all admit, with ongoing pandemic killing thousands of people worldwide and millions of Americans laid off from their job without any source of income, I know what a lot of us are thinking. What are the best hotels I can stay at around the world for a vacay? Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Oh, yeah. I'm already there. Yes, well, sir. luckily, Travel and Leisure has come to the rescue and made that list for us. That's right. They made... Was this the same what? website that made the one? No, no, no. This is website? a different one. Okay. This is a different one. That was uh, that was uh, Eat. Uh, Eat. 
Hmm. Uh, something blog. Word. I forget. This is ah. this is legit. This is travelandleisure.com. They made a, a top 100 hotels in the world list. That's right. Now, apparently, they made this list based purely off of the surveys that they asked their readers to weigh in. You know, so, hey... Tell us, tell us where to stay, readers, right? Um, I got some bad news, Jake. Apparently, none of the readers of Travel and Leisure want to travel to the United States. Because uh, our highest-ranked hotel was the Lodge and Spa at Brush Creek Ranch in Wyoming at number 14. Ooh. We didn't even crack the top 10. Girl, come on! So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna break I'm gonna break the top three down. Are you ready for the top three? All right, yeah. Here we go. Number one spot, Capella Ubud in Bali, Indonesia. Bali, okay. man. I've heard I've heard good things. Yeah, I have too. It looked really nice. They had a nice picture. It was it was really inviting. Looked very tropical. Very nice. So true. Number two. Hotel Amparo in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Yeah. Wow. It looked pretty You're doing nice. really well. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, number three, Fogo Island Inn in Newfoundland, Canada. Yeah. Hmm. Now, now, just out of those three, think about it, Jake. Where would you want to go out of those three? Mexico, Canada, uh, Indonesia, Bali. I'd have to go with Bali. I mean, okay. like this this list. I'm guessing it's just based upon the hotel itself and not the actual like Scenery. things to do in the yeah. area. Yeah. Well, I okay. will say the Newfoundland one. It looked really nice. Like I could see, like going there right now, it would probably be really enjoyable. Mm. You know, I mean, it'd be nice yeah. weather. Probably in like the seventies and eighties, the water would be really cool. It'd be green everywhere. It'd be nice. Now, like December, no way I'm going to that hotel. That's not happening. No, thank you. No, thank you at all. Um, yeah, I probably go Bali, but I, I now just for the listeners, I looked at all the other places they had there, Jake. Word. Um, and I gotta say, there were there were two places that were really, really roping me in. Um, hmm. They uh the secret secret bay at Portsmouth, Dominica. Ooh, ooh. That looked like Dominica. a that looked like a straight scene from from Pirates of the Caribbean right there. Yes! Like it just had these okay. like sweet like island mountains, tropical jungles all around, and then this just nice wooden porch. I could just see hanging out on that porch, jamming on some acoustic Stone Temple Pilots. Right, uh, right. Yes, sir. Oh man! Then the other place that I saw that was roping me in, uh, the Catechies Santorini. In uh, Greece, ooh, ooh, it was nice. Mm. It was nice. I don't know about Greece, man. No, no, it looked, it looked, it looked like a scene straight from Troy the movie. I instantly felt like Brad Pitt just looking at the picture. Nope. I was like, my God, I'd wear a toga there. Ew. Oh, you don't even know. Ah, oh. uh, okay. <laughs> uh, just uh, this is this is one of those bad stories, Wait, but it's just funny. Um, the, it's, uh, it's a very bad thing happened, but it's just so ridiculous. So, uh, our next story is from the Chicago Tribune, Jake. 
Jake, oh, okay. you remember that, 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 bad s- things. that story a while back uh, in the news when uh, that crazy lady in New York, she called the police on a dude in the park because he was black and was watching birds, and she was like, ah, yeah. somebody's got to call the cops. Blam. You know? Um, yeah. So everybody knew, like, why would you call the cops? That's so ridiculous. This next story is a good example of when you should call the cops when you're in the park. Hmm. So, uh, we've all heard of Central Park, right? That's where that that, that right. occurrence happened. Nice big park, super famous in New York. Chicago has a cin- uh, similar park. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Grant Park, uh, Jake. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's it's also known as Chicago's front yard. It's uh, it's where they have the famous fountain, the Buckingham Fountain, huge, huge yeah, fountain. Yeah. Um, anyways, a Chicago woman, she had been spending every morning this past week in Grant Park, going out for walks, right? And on Tuesday, when she went out to walk in the park, she saw a man lying in the grass in Grant Park. Hmm. And she just walked by and was like, oh, okay. And on Wednesday, she saw what she thought was the same man in the same place in Grant Park. Hmm. She walked by. And on Thursday, she walked by and saw the same man in the same spot again and was like, hmm. Hmm. Made some noises, tried to get his attention, nothing happened. So eventually, she called the police. And the police Uh came, and they identified the 58-year-old man and found that he had massive stab wounds to the neck and the back and had been dead for several days. Jeez. There Um, are... There are three million people in Chicago, Jake. Three million. There are thousands of people in that park a day. And it took over three days for a person to notice that this dude was dead? What? Like, yeah. What? I mean, so so you said on Tuesday she walked by and saw him, right? Yeah. Tuesday? Yeah. And then Wednesday... Uh, I mean, I could see like maybe the first day, like you're just minding yeah. your business. But the sec the second day, if he's just like hasn't moved, exactly, like- exactly. Like I mean, like what do you think? Like, well, I mean, that guy's completely motionless on the ground, almost the exact same spot as he was yesterday. What a weird routine that guy has. Like, wouldn't you? Like, a lady calls a guy bird watching in ten minutes. To the cops. There's a dead dude in a park for three days. And people are just walking by. Like, probably longer than three days, too. Just that this lady noticed in three days. Like, and everybody's just walking by like, no, ship shape. Looking good here. All right. Keep her her moving, everybody. Like, what? Just saying. If you see somebody in the exact same spot on the grass three days in a row, you know, check on them. That's all I'm saying, listeners. Just, you know, a little chat. A little chat. Jake, we're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest. This is none other than K-Bong, but this one is his whole band. This is Stick Figure. 
with World on Fire right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. That's right. Jake, the listeners need to make sure that they download the podcast. It's a good time, had by all, both on Sunday and on Wednesday. They can do it on pretty much any platform. I prefer Apple because I get the most diagnostic feedback from them, but whatever they prefer... Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, SoundCloud, it doesn't matter, right? Then they need to go on the website. They need to check out all of the information there. We've got the schedule coming up. They'll find out about Crownlands and Town Mountain, Picturesque, A.J. Smith, all the bands coming. Uh, and they'll get a lot of the old videos there, some highlights from the old shows uh, for when um, uh, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus came on the show. Bishop Gunn came on the show. Just good stuff. Good stuff all around. You know? So true. Yeah. Mm. I'm Jake. a personal fan of SoundCloud mm. myself. Yeah, you like you like SoundCloud? Well, SoundCloud, that, the good thing about that is, and I haven't really found out how to do this. Maybe I can get some kind of uh, platform expert to figure out how to do this. Girl, but on. SoundCloud, I can get Dan our graphic artist Dan's uh, uh, artwork on there. I can't do it on yeah. any of the other platforms. I don't know how to do it on any of the other platforms. Blam. So with SoundCloud, you do get the great uh, artwork. You get the fantastic artwork. So that's a benefit there, you know? Yes! Uh, Jake, it's time. We need, to, uh, we need to thank the listeners of this show with a little bit of shout-outs. A little bit of shout-outs. Shout-outs? Right. Let's, let's break I these... Agree. Let's break these down fast. We got these regulars, Jacksonville, Florida. Shout out to the 904. We appreciate everybody in the area and around the area, all the Shout way out. from uh, Amelia down to, to Ponte Vedra. Let's go farther. All the way down to St. Augustine. Yes. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina, all the areas around there, Irmo, Harbison, uh, uh, downtown, Five Points. Uh, what else we got, Jake? What are the other places? Casey. Let's see. Uh, North Northeast. Red Bank. Uh, yeah. Every everywhere, everywhere in Columbia. Shout Thanks out. for the listen. Gainesville. Shout out to Gainesville. Thank you for listening. Radford, shout Virginia. Out. Shout out to Radford, the Highlanders. Shout Dublin, out. Ireland. Our international uh, fanfare continues. Thank you. Thank you, O One. We appreciate it. You guys are the best. Yes. Boardman, Oregon. Shout out to Boardman. Thank you guys for listening. Charlotte, North Carolina. The Shout Queen out. City. Thank you for listening. Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you for listening. Barcelona, Spain. One of our other international consistents. We love you. Thank you for listening. Ashburn, Virginia. Virginia is for Shout Doc out. G lovers. We appreciate it. Also along with that, Roanoke, Virginia. Star City. Shout out to you guys. Thanks for listening. Kenner, Louisiana. In the New Orleans area. Thank you for listening. Madison, Tennessee, right outside of, uh, of Nashville. Thank you for listening. Mountain View, California, our West Coast connection. Thank you for listening, Shout guys. Out. Keep it up. London, United Kingdom, all the areas around. Pinner, especially. Thank you Shout for listening. Out. Orlando, in the center of our state. Thank you for listening. Peoria, Illinois, got their basketball tournament wrapping up. Thank you for listening. Genoa, Italy, always consistent back on the Shout list. Out. Thank you for listening. Brighton, United Kingdom, Thank you for listening. And lastly, the newest of the regulars, Bristol, Virginia. Thank you for listening. That's right. 
Home of home of country music. Well, birthplace of country music. Me and Dave talked really? about it last show. Yeah, yeah. That's where the first oh. uh, first real country uh, songs were recorded. Mainly uh, the Carter family. Carter family recorded oh. all of their songs uh, in uh, in Bristol. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty killer. That's, yeah, that's right, pretty dope. Right on the line of Tennessee. It's split. You, it, it's split. Part of the city is in Tennessee. Part of the city is in Virginia. There you go. There you go. Learn yeah. something every day. Semi-regulars. Here we go. Louisville, Kentucky. Thanks for listening, guys. Perrysburg, Ohio. Back on the list. Thank you, Perrysburg. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Thank Shout you, Hot Atlanta. Salt Lake City. Been a while, but they're back on the list. There we go. Salt Lake. Nice. Thank you for listening. Shout Fisherville, out. Virginia. Thank you, Fisherville. Shout Greensboro, out. North Carolina. Shout out to my Aunt Debbie. Shout, Shout out, Aunt Debbie. Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Shout out to my brother. Uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Shout out to Drake. Shout What's up, Drake? Out. Uh, Brooklyn, New York. Shout out to Brooklyn. Casey Shout Webb. Out. There we go. And lastly, Lithonia, Georgia. There we go. Shout, Shout out. out to Cedric. All right. Okay, here we go. Newcomers. You ready for some newcomers, Jake? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Now, you remember, we've got one international, one domestic. You know, domestic, okay. in country. There we go. So yeah. w- which one do you want first, domestic, international? Uh, give me the international. Okay. We're going Italy again. Cagliari, Italy. Cagliari, Italy. That's right. Woo! Hmm. Woo! It's on the, uh, it's on the island of Sardinia. You know Sardinia? Hmm. I've never heard of it. Well, you you know how, uh, Italy looks like a boot? Yeah. It's the island in front of the boot. Not at the bottom of the Ah. boot. The one okay. that's right at the bottom of the boot is Sicily. Sardinia yeah, is in yeah, yeah. front of the boot. That's uh, yeah. it's it's out there. Pretty cool, man. Yes! Uh, Sardinia is pretty cool, uh, and Cagliari is the biggest city there. Uh, I did some investigating. If we go to uh, Sardinia, we need to check out the Elephant Tower. Hmm. Elephant Tower was built in 1307. It was a defense fortress. Jeez. And then we need to check out the uh, the cathedral which was built in the 1200s. And then the coolest thing, or at least in my opinion, the coolest thing, they got a Roman amphitheater that's still almost all whole. Say what? Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, 2,000 years old, Jake. They still put concerts on there, too. That's... That's some good craftsmanship right there. So true. You got a you got a, 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 a structure that's lasted over 2,000 years. That's some good... That's some good craftsmanship. Good job, Romans. Nicely done. Nicely done. So that's the first shout-out. Are you ready for the uh, domestic newcomer, Jake? Mm, let's do it. Uh, Millie Knockett, Maine. Shout-out. Yeah. Millie Knockett? Millie Knockett. Yeah. Mm, Maine. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty close to, like, almost the middle of Maine. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, stuffed right there in the center. Probably one of the coolest things and probably the most notable thing that Millie Knockett is known for, it's the end of the Appalachian Trail. That's a fact. The northern part. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's where that's See, where you end up. This is probably my favorite part of the show to be honest with you. Like you <laughs> because you know, you come up with all these with all these towns I've never facts. heard of. 
Fun yeah. facts. And then, yeah. And then we get to dive in a little deeper and I get to learn a little bit more about my geography. Now is non-existent. Now, yeah, now you're you've got two places you can put on the map. You got some some Cagliari and Millinocket. And cool thing is there's somebody in Millinocket that's listened to our show. Thanks, Millinocket. We appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Yes! Uh, I had no idea either, but they apparently had a Discovery Channel uh, show that was featured in Millinocket. They had a show called American Loggers Word. about uh, the logging industry, and one of the areas yeah. was Millinocket. I remember that show. Yeah. I, did, I didn't watch, I mean, I, but now I'm going to have to check it out a little bit. Check it yeah, out. I just remember I just remember watching like American Pickers Sweet. and then, yeah. then talking about American yeah. American Pickers is a good jam right there. So I'm true. not gonna lie though, uh Millie Knock it seems to get a little unpleasant in the winter. Uh oh, for sure. I checked the uh, record cold temp. Any guess on the record cold temp in January? Negative fourteen. Negative forty one. Okay, so I was just a little dyslexic there, but my numbers yeah, were you, in there. Yeah, no, you had it. You had the numbers, just flip them around. Yeah, so you're good, but whoo, whoo, that is too cold for me. That is too cold. Uh, shout out, though, to everybody that listens. We appreciate it. We appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening. Uh, Jake, two more stories. Two more stories. I'll give you the choice right. on these two. Would you rather hear the one about snakes in a person's house or Scrabble? Hmm... Um, let's do snakes because I feel like the Scrabble one could be really interesting. <laughs> uh, it, 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 I like it better. So yeah, you're you're correct. Okay. We'll save the we'll save the better one in my opinion for the a second. But Jake, this story comes from Fox uh, Channel Thirty One in Colorado. Have you ever had a snake in your house? Hmm. Nope, never. No. Uh, we I've had a couple. I had a couple growing up. Like I haven't had any recently, but I remember a couple when I was growing up. Uh, inside your yeah. house. Yeah, they got in. They got in black snakes. Um, you know, uh, and no. they usually don't seem to be a big fan of being inside. Like, nope. you know, I mean, obviously we as humans don't want them in our house, but they don't want to be in there either. Nope. They they usually are like, "Oh crap, how did I get in here?" Somebody let me out, please. I don't want to be in here with all these people. Like, they don't like it. Um, anyways, uh, Charlotte Moore, uh, she lives in Aurora, Colorado, and uh, she's she's not a fan of snakes either. And uh, apparently, she's had to deal with a lot of snakes in her uh, apartment the last month. Hmm. She's had roughly 25 snakes she's had to remove from her apartment in the last month. Wait, what? That's like one a day. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, almost. You're getting close to one a day. It's a good day if you don't find a snake oh, in your house, apparently. Jeez. Um, so I got a juicy story, but continue. Okay, so uh, Miss Moore, she lives in Fitzsimmons Junction apartment. And at the beginning of June, they started doing some remodeling. And ever since that remodeling, Miss Moore noticed she constantly was finding snakes, either along the baseboard or under furniture, all kinds of other places. So a representative from the apartment, Lauren Richardson, explained that there was a hole that they discovered in the wall of Mrs. Moore's unit, hmm. and it's now been repaired. Um, but Miss Moore Dang. said she... She said, quote, she can't go to sleep at night because she's worried about the snakes. 
She said, I'm up yeah. I'm up till four in the morning, and I stay up until I literally fall asleep. Wait, what? To which I said, yeah, that, that's what most that's people horrible. do, Miss, Miss Moore. Like, that's what... Like, I just love the oh, way yeah. she described yeah. it. I'm up until I literally fall asleep. That's a fact. Yeah, I think that's what everybody does. They literally fall asleep. Yeah. And, and before that, they're awake. And then they go to sleep. Like, I don't know. Yeah. She could have just been... She could, I, I know. She, she, I, I don't mean to pick on Miss Moore. She's had 25 snakes in her apartment. I get it. It's tough. Girl, come it's on. tough. But then she also followed that up with, to me, snake is Satan. And I don't deal with him. You feel me? Yes. <laughs> yes. I get it. I, you feel I, me? I do say that's a little bit, like, a little bit high. Like, now, if she were talking about some, like, real deal snakes, I could back that up. Like, if she was finding, like, king cobras and black mambas in her house, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, hey, they're, they're, get, hit it. Hit you, me. Was this, hold on, so when she put the you feel me, was that, like, are you reading something? That was a quotation. That, like a, that was a quotation. Oh, so the, so the she actually the, said the you feel me. Yeah. So the reporter the reporter was like, okay, you feel me. Got it. Yeah, and, like, and wrote it down. That, put, you feel me. Quotation mark. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They they needed to quote Miss Moore perfectly, and she said, you feel me. Boom. Boom. You feel oh, me? All right. Now, it's like you said, though, like, I'm still blown away, though, by the fact that, like, she lives in some kind of snake pit. Like, 25 snakes in a month and a half? Yeah. Jeez. Like, you could leave all Bruh. the windows and doors open for that time period, and you wouldn't get 25 snakes in there. No. Like, yeah. what's going like on? So, is she renting this place, or she, yeah. this is her actual... Okay, well, dude, after, like, two snakes, I'd be like, uh-uh. Y'all <laughs> can... Y'all can y'all need to fix this or yeah, I'm not living here anymore. I think mine would be like five. I'd get to like five mm. and I'd be like, guys, this is too much. Like, come on now. So true. Come on. I'm gonna but have like, I'm gonna have to get a mongoose for my apartment. Wait, this what? is way too much. I don't wanna have to but buy ben, a mongoose. Don't know you, what they eat. Alright. I don't think you're feeling her, all right? Because she said <laughs> snakes are Satan. She, on, so her, that on her list it, it should have been one. After that yeah. first one, because like I mean, if Satan shows up to my place, I'm I'm out of that place real quick. That's a fact. That is absolutely. That is. Uh, I'm not staying there that long. Uh, okay, uh, Jake. Uh, next story. Are you are you a uh, are you a big board gamer? Yeah, you like that's to get why your board games on. Yeah, my favorite is Catan. And it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, little. Pretty good little game there. You, do you ever play the new version, you know, on the phone? Yeah, uh -huh. uh, Words with Friends? Uh, I, wait, I've heard of it. I've never played it, though. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Scrabble. It's just on your phone. You know, you just play yeah. it with folks. Well, anyways, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you've never played in a uh, Scrabble tournament. Mm -mm. Now, nope. there are Scrabble tournaments, apparently. Big Scrabble tournaments. Uh, well, get ready. Uh, Jake, because if you uh, join your first ever Scrabble tournament, the rules yeah. have just changed. Okay. Say what? Yeah. So, John Chu, the chief executive of the North American Scrabble Players Association. That's right, Jake. There's a North American Scrabble Players Association. Yeah. NASPA, as we call it. NASPA in the game. Uh, NASPA said, oh, man, can you just sit back for a second and imagine a NASPA party? 
God, yeah. it's got to be a rager, am I right? Oh, Those yeah. Those guys know how to throw down. They know Anyways. how to charm some pants Say off. what? Oh. oh, they can spell charm your pants off. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Double letters. Wait, what? Anyways, um, their board, John Chu, chief executive, uh, he has asked the 12-person advisory board to vote on removing all racial and ethnic slurs from Scrabble competitions. Hmm. Which leads me to ask, that was allowed before now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, come on! Like, do you, do you really want to be that person that throws down the racial slur and then for the rest of the tournament you're the racial slur guy? That they're yeah. like, oh, here he comes again. Oh, well, Jesus, this guy. Like, oh, man. And like, not I'm good. Not, not sure about the rules of Scrabble because I haven't played in forever, but like, yeah, isn't there? I mean, doesn't what well, you lay a letter down and then like the other person puts a letter down or something? But like, well, you put the whole word down. Okay. You got to play on their words, right? So you know, if they got uh, corn, you got to play off a of corn with whatever yeah. letters you got, right? How of course. You, how do you? How would you keep your composure if someone you well, see what you see what word is coming? And, <laughs> and like, then, too, like, how do you play that? Like, you don't want to be... They're like, really? That's what that guy was thinking? That's the yeah. first thing on his brain was that? Oh, this is bad. Um, so, anyways, NASPA said they're planning on removing 226 words. Jeez. <laughs> they have 200... Uh, like, good Lord. They are getting creative with some of those racial slurs. They're I'm like, I give me six and I'm out. I'm like, I don't have any more after that. Uh, I don't know. Like, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Jake, but I, I don't know if he plays. But if Clint Eastwood's character in Gran Torino plays Scrabble, he's not going to be winning any tournament soon. I can oh, tell you that much. But he's the thing out. is, is there going to be like a judge panel? Of like during a competition, they're going to be like, "Oh, there's like, always a judge panel." Don't are, are they going to be like judging every word, and they're going to be like, "Oh, that's a well, apparently." Uh, I I don't know I don't know what the you know uh, what the exact vote is, but yeah. I would guess you'd get like thrown out of the tournament if you use one of the banned words. Be- you know, because, I guess you know, like Clint Eastwood was pretty inventive. So like, what if you have a player who just <laughs> starts inventing up, inventing racial slurs during the competition? I. I don't, I don't, well, yeah, I mean, I, well, it's got to be a real word. I mean, to mean something else, to be in Scrabble, you know? Like, I mean, you can't just make up a word. That doesn't work. Nope. And you get thrown out of Scrabble in any game for that. So I'm just saying. So true. I'm just saying. All of you Scrabble playing listeners out there, don't use racial slurs anymore if you were to begin with. Hopefully you weren't to start off with. Yeah. But if you were, it's banned now. So don't. Yeah. Oh, man. So weird. That was in the New York Times, by the way. That was the New York Times. Good piece. Oh, man. We're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our guest of honor. This is K-Bong once again right here on... Oh, wait. Ah, ah. Can't go yet. Birthday suit. Yeah. Jeez, I got to get this in. We are behind. I was looking at the time. Man, I got to hurry. Okay. This birthday suit, uh, Jake, I I was not confident on this one. This is 50%. Oh, cool. 50%. So... Our birthday suit wearer was born July 12, 1817 mm. in Concord, Massachusetts. He's a very studious child. Ended up going to Harvard. 
He excelled at Harvard, but when he graduated, he refused to pay the $5 fee for a Harvard diploma. Hmm. He reportedly said, let every sheep keep its own skin. Mm, baller move right there. Um, Thank you. After college, he met Ralph Waldo Emerson, who introduced him to other thinkers and writers of the day, like Nathaniel Hawthorne. And uh, he started to study and write a great deal. He studied transcendentalism and published essays. In 1985, or uh, sorry, 1845, however, our birthday suit wearer decided he'd had enough of the modern world. And he decided to go to the woods, live on his own, which he did Hmm. for the most of the next five years. However, in 1846, he was stopped by a local tax collector who said he owed six years of back back taxes. He refused to pay those taxes based on his opposition to the government's war with Mexico and for slavery. So for that, he's put in jail. From that, he wrote two essays, one called Civil Disobedience and the other called Walden, about his life in the woods. That's right. These two books are considered some of the best works of American literature ever created. Sadly, in 1862, our birthday suit died of a combination of tuberculosis and bronchitis. Name that birthday suit wearer. Oh, man. Dude, I know this one. Oh, man. Because um, I a, remember... It's a th- it's a three three name one. Hmm. Yeah. It goes I three know. names. Can you give me the can you H can you get H D T. Oh man. Uh this is the la- I think his last name is uh like Thoreau. Thoreau, it is correct. Will you, will you give me that one? I'll give you I'll give you fifty on the on the, okay. the last name. Fifty percent, Henry David Thoreau. Ah, Henry yes. David Thoreau, yes, one of I my mem- favorite authors. Yeah, one of I my remember, favorite authors. I remember Walden. I remember that, like in my English class in high school. Yeah, shout out to my biology teacher, Mr. Jervis, in high school. He had us read uh, uh, Walden for its naturalism. Thank you, Mr. Jervis, one of the best teachers I ever had. Right there, great book, great philosopher, great birthday happy birthday to henry david thoreau now jake we will take a break we will be right back after we hear from k-bong i will be talking to k-bong about all kinds of stuff right back all right Shining down so bright 
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by a member of Stick Figure and fantastic solo artist, Mr. Kevin Bong, better known as K-Bong. K, how's it going, man? It is going great. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you guys very much. Yeah, man. So uh, I guess we've got to start in 2020 where we're at. You seem like such a positive, positive guy. And uh, 2020's been like the exact opposite of your vibe. How yes! how have you been doing so far this year? That's a great question. That's a great question. With all of the lockdowns and all the time and you know indoors, I've definitely been able to find time to work on a lot of things for myself that have been on the back burner. Uh, as a, as a solo artist, as a member of Six Figure, I mean, we've got stuff going on around the clock. There's always something to work on. Nice. And so this has been a time for us to kind of work on those projects that have been on hold, been on the back burner. Whether it's like updating content for YouTube or continuing to like work on our social medias, and of course keeping the fans engaged right now. For you know, sure. Because everyone else is at home as well, so we want to keep entertaining as best we can. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've also heard you're a uh... You're a big fan of uh, of yoga. How much yoga have you got in during this uh, this quarantine time? Oh, uh, man. I don't know. Maybe 60, 75% of the time. Wow. I really, the aim is every day. The aim is every day. I've been shooting for 30-minute yoga flows actually recently. Yeah. And I've, I've found that those are nice. Like a 30-minute is solid. Really, you know, try to get down on the floor and, and spend 15, 20 minutes of stretching is just crucial for the body. Man, so, I really need to amazing. work on it. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's, that's the weakest part of my fitness yes! is definitely flexibility. I am horrible at it. I've done yoga classes and it's just, I don't know, there's something in me that every time the yoga instructor's like, relax, it's like my body does the opposite, and I just like tighten up even worse, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't hold, I'm the person that's beside you, like sweating profusely and shaking because I'm trying sure. to get in the position, <laughs> and you're like, what is going on with that guy? That's that's me and you. I need, I, sure. I need to practice it a little bit more, man. If you can break through the resistance, your body's telling you. Once you get past that, dude, you'll be gold, and it'll be great. All right. Okay. Okay. It's uh, goal number uh, goal number one of of my. Pandemic. And play some reggae while you're doing it. There it is. There it is. That should work. Yes. Uh, well, you also one other thing I noticed in in quarantine there. You you recently at last weekend I think just took a, a trip to Catalina Island. How'd that go? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, Catalina Island is is right off the coast of California, Southern California. It went really well. I'd never been there before, as so I wasn't too familiar with the island. And now, after being there for a week, I, I have a great understanding of what's going on out there. And it's a 
beautiful island. There's a group, the Catalina Island Conservancy, that's like working to protect it and preserve it. And it's just this really beautiful place to go. I highly recommend for anyone out there to take a trip. It was a really, really good time. And there's a hiking trail that goes across the entire island. It's about a 30-mile trail. You can do it in parts. You can do the whole thing. And once you get up to the top of those ridges and you can see the ocean on both sides, really inspirational views and great to get out. For sure, for sure. And no one ever told me there were buffalo out there. When I was looking at you, yeah, yeah, I was like, "What? <laughs> Where'd that guy come yeah, from?" Yeah, yeah. So there, yeah, like in the 1920s, uh, there was a. They used to show movies out there, and a movie company came out and had these. Uh, they're actually bison, which is different from the buffalo. It's yeah, like the buffalo's cousin. But the bison are out there, and they left them out there. They left about 16 <laughs> bison out there in the 20s, and the herd they it grew to like 600 bison, and then now it's whittled down to like uh, I think 150 now are on the island. Um, they they had to take some and put some out in a reservation uh, somewhere in the middle of the country. Yeah. They were getting too many. There was too many in the island. It was a great time. I had a lot to see out there. really enjoyed myself. And I was working on some new music, which really went well. Working yeah. Working on new songs. So. Yeah, definitely. We'll get to some of that new music here in just a little bit. But let, let's take the <laughs> listeners back real quick. Uh, you, you lived in Seattle, actually, before moving to Hawaii. And we, we've had several... Uh, We've had several guests from Hawaii, actually, uh, several musicians. Um, Whoa, shout out to the Hawaiian musicians. Right. Yeah, Common Kings, Hyrie. We've had we've had those guys on the show. Um, but uh, you, what do you remember about Seattle first before we go to, to Hawaii? What I mean, you were there for nine years. What do you What do you remember about that time? What did you take from Seattle or like about Seattle when you when you grew up there? Hmm. First thing that comes to mind is the four seasons. I really enjoyed that as a kid mm-hmm. growing up and, and, and getting to experience all four seasons. You know, the leaves changing in the fall and then playing in the snow in the wintertime and then spring spring flowers and the weather warming up. And then, of course, summer in Seattle and then the Pacific Northwest. Summer is beautiful. Yeah. You know, June, July, August into September. It's really gorgeous up there and all the green and everything. And you know, that's one thing that I, I remember as a kid. I felt really blessed to experience all four seasons. For sure. For sure. Well, moving moving to Hawaii, uh, one of the things you, you did, actually, as a, as a young kid, you, you learned how to play the ukulele, which... Uh, I did. Which is like, you know, uh, I, I talked about it with Hyrie when she was on the show like a year ago, and it, it almost seemed like universal. Yeah! Like, like that was what you did when you were in elementary school in Hawaii. They're like, "Here, learn this. This is your job." Yeah. Uh, do you? Do, yeah. Do you still write songs using uh, using the ukulele? I've been playing the ukulele like more than ever recently, and I've been doing ukulele lessons as well. Nice. Through uh, backstage music lessons, which our stick figure drummer Kevin Officer started, and. You can go to backstagemusiclessons.com and there's just a whole bunch of artists on there that are in our reggae scene that are teaching anything from guitar to piano to songwriting to production lessons. And one of my favorite lessons is teaching the ukulele. Very and cool. It's been a blast. And so I've been, I've been playing it a lot more. I have been writing songs on it. It's amazing when you strum those four strings, how you can just be transported to a tropical place with that sound. You know? She's got such a happy vibe. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, sounds good, man. Well, interestingly enough, your your first band, if I if I read it right, your first band was actually a, a punk band, though. Was that right? Correct. Man. Correct. I was in yeah, I was in like uh, ninth grade in high school. Uh, yeah, ninth tenth grade in high school. My first band was sort of a punk 
it was kind of a punk pop punk band okay and during that time there was a lot of that going on i think with the whole you know green day blink 182 and yeah. that whole time in music was influential to me in high school For um so so, so that was say, the first kind of natural thing was to play that music you'd say it probably wasn't it wasn't as as angry as some of the 70s pop was it because i i feel like i i find it hard just as happy as you seem to be to be in an angry punk band like that you're you're up there you know looking like sid vicious was that it or was it just teen <laughs> yeah. angst that you had going on yeah it was just, it was, a, it was more, yeah the opposite of the sid vicious vibe um <laughs> teen angst i remember i had some lyrics in one song a better way a better life you know let something something let's strive for that so some of the same themes i was still writing about back then yeah just to punk rock music to a different style faster fast paced yeah. Teen angst, high school, you know. Nice. Nice. Well, good, you good you had you, you it seemed like there were sort of like three big musical sort of influences, punk, rap, and reggae. Um when and, and sort of went in that order as far as sort of coming into your life. Uh mm-hmm. when you write songs now, do you say would you say you're still sort of influenced by all three? Do they all sort of seep into your writing? Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. My uh, latest record, Easy to Love You, kind of has a little bit of each. You can hear elements of each genre. Nice. But yeah, nice. growing up in, you know, Sublime is one of those bands, too. That oh, yeah. I, when I discovered Sublime, it was like, wow, you know, Sublime is fusing hip-hop. They're fusing reggae. They're fusing punk rock. And then, of course, Sublime became a huge influence on 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 me. And so, yeah, it's just cool blending all three and getting influence from all three of those genres. For sure. For sure. Well, after high school, you went to San Diego and you went to college there. And I was actually surprised you studied you studied art with graphic design. And I was wondering, I did. Do you still use that degree? Do you you know uh, maybe use it on merchandise or, or album design? Or are you part of that? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, do uh, anything from flyer design, album design, album mockups merchandise design adding merchandise to the website banners you got to do facebook banners instagram story posts and all that stuff so it comes in really handy and i encourage anyone that's coming up as an independent artist to really try and wrap your head around those programs the adobe photoshop and illustrator because they they do come in handy if you know that stuff in your back pocket Uh, otherwise you have to outsource it and it can just take a long time trying to trying to get that you know work to you if someone else is doing it that's what I was saying. So I'm so man. fortunate that I know that stuff. Yeah, that's what I was like. Man, that's got to help out if you don't have to outsource and you're just like, yeah, let me make this real quick. There we go. Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And now, I always ask uh, pretty much all my guests uh, on the show this, but if I come, you've, you've been around San Diego now for a good deal. If I came to San Diego and I called you up and I was like, uh, I was like, K Bong, I need a place to eat. I've only got one night yeah. in San Diego. What restaurant are you telling me to go eat at? <laughs> oh, dude, there's so many. I know, I there's know. There's so many. But one thing, one thing that, that uh, 
people that live in San Diego and can agree on is that the taco shops and the Mexican food down here is mm. they do it in a really kind of unique way. It's so sort of a Southern California style. Yeah. So depending on what part of the city you were in, yeah. like if you were in, if you told me you were down in Ocean Beach or if you were over in Pacific Beach or maybe you were in Northern County, San Diego, I kind of have a favorite taco spot in each wow. location of the city. So depending depending on where you were, you just let me know what part of San Diego you're at, and I could recommend one let, for you. Let's let's go let's go uh, let's go Pacific or like La Jolla area. Where where would I go then? Uh, Pacific Beach there's a spot called La Perla, which is it's yeah L A P E A R L A La Perla. Great Mexican great taco shop. Great taco yeah. shop. And it's right by the beach. It's like a block from the beach. So nice. that's my favorite one. And of course, a lot of people like the California burrito, which is, you know, seasoned carne asada, steak fries, guacamole, yeah. cheddar cheese, yeah. stuff like that. You know, but they got they got great fish tacos. They got good veggie options. Man. I mean, that's the place. Are you are you making a visit soon? No, no. I just, I, 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 I've got to have a list everywhere, you know, everywhere in the country in case I do make a visit. I'm ready. There you go. I'm ready to go. There you go. I, and I, I love, I love San Diego. I mean, every time I go out there, it's such a blast. I always tell people when they ask, like, when a person that hasn't been to California asks me about San Diego, I always tell them it's what you picture California as. So true. Like, it's what yeah. I pictured all of California as, but I was let down when I went to San Francisco and San and, and L.A. Yeah. I was like, oh, this isn't as nice as I thought it was going to be. This isn't near. And then I went to San yeah. Diego, and I was like, this is it. This is what I was looking it's for. Paradise. Yeah, I definitely. It's, it's, it's paradise down here. <laughs> it's the it's the one place that I would definitely think uh, I would I would go to instead of Florida. I would go to to San Diego and live there instead of Florida. There you go. There you um, go. <laughs> anyways, I got sidetracked. Um, no, come on. <laughs> you and you and Scott uh, first started playing together because you actually answered. I thought this was. I've heard this before from one of our other guests. Actually, you answered a, a post on Craigslist, which uh, correct. Now, correct. now I wondered when you answered that. Had you already heard Stick Figures music? And regardless, did you did you foresee it as being a sort of promising as it turned out to be did you actually think like oh this could be something really big or you were just like no give it a shot yeah that's a good question i had heard the music uh, before mm-hmm. i want to say pandora was out at that time or someone was playing it at a party and i was like oh who is this yeah and i remember them being like six figure and i was like okay so that's when it first was on my radar nice and then a few months later i saw that the ad that scott had put on craigslist and I answered the ad, and I still have the email that I sent him. And I answered the ad; it's in my is deep in my Gmail. Nice. But I answered the ad, and we talked. And he said he was, you know, auditioning a keyboard player. So I went out and jammed with him. And he had uh, Brennan and Todd, who were playing drums and bass at the time. And we, I jammed with them, and they, they were like, "All right, cool, sounds pretty good," you know. And I know they tried out like uh, about eight different keyboard players, but I was the only one that really understood reggae and understood the reggae sound and what Scott was looking for and what he wanted to achieve in his music. And so they called me back and we started jamming and that was probably 2009, 2010. And started doing bar gigs all over San Diego at that time. And it was exciting. Tribal Seeds was one of the bands that was pushing at that time and they were getting, gaining momentum. So we had done a few shows with them. 
um, slightly stupid, of course, was playing shows at that time and blowing up, and it was just it was just an exciting time for sure. Well, you know, I find it interesting, like stick figure, as far as like you said, you you had heard the music at like a party. And it seems like the band was sort of, it was a little backwards in the way that a lot of bands go because, you know, a lot of bands, it's no one knows them. They go out and they go out and play a bunch of bars and then they slowly start to get noticed and then they put out music. But it was like Scott put out music first on, like you said, Pandora, MySpace, and it sort of got popular. And then he's like, oh, I guess I... I guess I guess I got a tour now. I guess I guess I got to put this yeah. out on the road. Do you think that like it, I almost feel like that happened because of MySpace and Pandora sort of just being new and he really took advantage of it. Do you think that could still happen now? Um absolutely. Absolutely. And that's 100% accurate. Scott did a great job of getting on MySpace early. He was one of the first reggae bands on Pandora. He just had an incredible knack for like utilizing the internet. Yeah. And what's really exciting, you know, now and 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 back at that time too, is that like you can create music in your bedroom. It for doesn't, sure. you know, it doesn't take much now. Whether it's back in the day, you had to get a big record deal and go into the studio in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and even earlier. We now artists, kids, you know, they can get a hold of some equipment and make a, a really like a hit record in their bedroom. Yeah. And that's the story with Scott, you know, and he created those two albums he created sound of my addiction and burning ocean and then moved to california because he was just he felt the vibe you know his yeah. favorite bands were sublime and slightly stupid at that time and so he wanted to kind of go to where that music was coming out of and so it was really exciting to to link with him at the, at the right place at the right time nice nice now when you when you started with stick figure is like it was like you're saying it was it was to really be sort of that that touring musician right uh when did you start yeah. songwriting with scott i think just kind of in the beginning when i when i first had met him yeah. he would invite me over to his place he was living in pacific beach at the time and he was showing me songs that he was working on he was working on smokestack at the time mm -hmm. and finishing up smokestack as well as writing stuff for that would be on burial ground eventually and so i'd give my input here and there you know yeah. but for the most part he had he and he's had he's continued to have an incredible vision music yeah and just know exactly kind of what he wants and it's been really fun and a really huge inspiration playing alongside and being part of stick figure yeah and that carries over to all of my k-bong stuff you know I, sure. I've, I've gotten really just a lot of inspiration being part of stick figure and seeing the kind of things that scott has done and so it's been a lot of fun carrying that over and now working on my third k-bong record right now so it's, yeah it's been a really great experience well, well talking about that uh, that solo project. Your first one was all the way back in, in 2014. Um, yeah. Now, when you joined Stick Figure, was it always in the back of your mind that you were going to do solo work regardless? Like, this, I mean, I'm going to be part of Stick Figure, but I've got to get some stuff out myself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was always writing songs, you know, in those high school days, the mm -hmm. punk rock days, I was, I was doing the lead singing and, and writing songs for that band, and then moving into college and moving out to San Diego, I kept writing. I always had a notebook and I was writing ideas down and kind of jamming. And then I played in a reggae group called High Roots. I was actually the bass player for like three years and I was songwriting for them, nice. for that group. And I was, and so I always just been doing it, you know. And yeah. so when I finally got the opportunity and Scott was and the rest of the guys in Thick Figure were always really encouraging, like, dude, do it. Get your solo work out there. There was never any like 
tension or any, there was nothing ever holding me back. They gave yeah. me 100% support to do it. And with that, it finally allowed me to like, wow, I, I can do this. <laughs> and in 2014, yeah, I released Hopes and Dreams. And for me, that was a huge accomplishment yeah. for me. Just a life accomplishment. Like I, I made an album of my own songs and released it out into the world. And so really, really proud and happy, you know, happy for that. For sure. For sure. Now I got to ask, and I, I got to wonder, maybe while you were in Stick Figure as well, you know, your your name is K-Bong, and I feel like people, yeah. a lot of people don't know that your name is actually Kevin Bong. Like, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, how, yeah. Many, how many people, since you're in a reggae band, will ask you if that's something, a reference to weed somehow? Yeah, it happens. It happens quite often, <laughs> I would think. And I, I, <laughs> I mean, hey, I got nothing against, uh, you know, nothing against that. And <laughs> so it's just, but it's, I do, you know, it's fun that it's, when I was coming out with my own music, it was like, oh, what am I going to put this out under? Is it, yeah. is it Kevin Bong? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it um, um, Kevin B, you yeah. know, or is it K-Bong? And one of my friends was like, dude, K-Bong, it's catchy, K-Bong. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yo, all right, let's do it. And yeah. I, I went with them and, you know. Nice. I like it. Yeah, no, it works. <laughs> it works. It, and the, and the connotation with it is totally fine with me, you know. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. Well, I was about to say it works. It works with the music. That was the thing. It was like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you might as well go with it. Um, it was mm -hmm. so. So like like I said, the the first album was 2014, and your second album uh, was in 2018. So you had this this four year time period, which I mean, you know, in in sort of today's musical world that's a that's a fairly long time in between projects was that intended or is that just the way sort of things worked out because you were so busy with stick figure and other things going on yeah no it wasn't intended i, I would ideally like to put out two albums a year that would yeah. be awesome yeah but it was the just four-year gap in between you know definitely totally a lot of energy and a lot of my time is devoted to stick figure and, and pushing that forward, yeah. you know? And so I, I yeah, it just kind of happened that way. It's crazy how time flies like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm working on new music now and I'm like, okay, what's the projected time for an app, a full length third K bong record to come out Yeah, at this point, maybe fall 2021, but I'd love to get it out spring 2021, but things always get pushed back. You know, it's not a bad thing. The longer we wait on music, usually the typically the better the songs come out anyway. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, unless, it's a process. Unless know? I always think the, the the worst scenario is like the Guns N' Roses scenario after after they broke up. In like taking too long. Yeah, and it took like, you know, eight years, nine years, and they just kept on building it up, and Axel kept on talking about it, and then it came out, and you're like, oh, this isn't nearly yeah. Appetite for Destruction. Like, you know. What's wild? <laughs> What's wild to me is that, and I tell this to a lot of young artists coming up, there's like, no right or wrong way everyone's like path to success as a musician and artist is going to be different some artists you might need to take longer on an album some yeah. can do two albums a year yeah and it's just for i just feel like fortunate and lucky with the way that stick figures we have had success because it takes everything firing on all cylinders to achieve that success you gotta have good chemistry in your band good merchandise great fan engagement good songs great production yeah everything you know there's so much that goes into it and so to to have had the success we've had i'm i'm pumped and yeah. i'm really happy to be on this radio interview yeah. shout out to 95.5 yeah man <laughs> i actually just shout out to all the listeners out there all the regular Shy listeners Ryan. and all the six figure families for tuning in lot, shout out to florida lot, i was about to say a lot of, a lot of fans in florida man a lot of reggae fans in florida 
Um, I just actually, I, th- I thought, you know, on, on the opposite side of that, waiting a long time for an album, you got Dr. Dre that went from the Chronic to Chronic 2001. That was like a nine-year break, and it was even, it was like even bigger. Yes. So, yeah, it just goes to show everybody's different. All artists are, are different in the way they put it out. But uh, speaking of that 2018, you said, uh, you know, easy to love. It was r- recorded all over the place. So you basically, any it type was. of break that you got in between, uh, you know, in between touring or on tour, like in hotels and everything around there, do you remember yeah. where some of the, like when you go back and you listen to those songs, do you remember where they were recorded? Like, oh yeah, I remember that that hotel. So we, I, yes, yes. There are some moments that are very fresh in my mind. We, <laughs> at that time, we had just, Stick Figure just released the Set in Stone record and we went out to tour that supported that record. We were a four piece for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And that year, before the tour, we added Johnny Cosmic into the band. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Cosmic's been producing music for 15 years or more at this point. And he's yeah. a great producer. He's a great ear. He's great intuition. And so when he joined the band, it was really natural for us to start working together on this project. Him and I had actually, he did production for a few of the songs on Hope's and dreams and mm-hmm. so it was kind of like well let's continue that you mm-hmm. know and so him and i dove right into working on easy to love you and what we would do is like on days off on the set and stone tour we'd roll, roll up to a hotel and the first thing i would do is like all right johnny let's get going i'll find a spot for us you know so i'd go up to the front desk and i'd say hey we're a touring band we're working on music right now is there any space in this hotel we could set up like we're not <laughs> setting up a whole drum kit we're not banging on drums yeah. But like, we're going to be doing it this way. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be with headphones. You know, we may sing some vocal tracks here and there. And a lot of people were really, really cool, especially the places we're in the middle of the country, you know, and they, they're not used to seeing like a big tour bus roll up. So yeah. they're like, wow, this is cool. Like, of course, <laughs> you know. And, and many set in like instances, we were granted an extra hotel room just for day use, or they'd open up the conference room for us and we'd set up in there. And there are definitely some spots that are really fresh in my mind. Another thing we would do would do the green rooms if we were at a venue that had an extra green room, yeah. or after the show ended and everyone had gone back to the after party or went back to the bus, Johnny and I would stay back in the green room and utilize. And in I believe it was Spokane, Washington. I can remember tracking the song Need a Ride, the vocals for it. We took the green room couch, stood it up against the wall, and hung the microphone kind of over it. And I kind of went <laughs> under this couch and used it you know, to dampen the vocal sound a little bit. And, and I tracked the vocals. And so there's moments like that that I, I remember Man. during the making of the record. And if I could go back, I wish we would have filmed and photographed like every single space and room that we used because it was a really cool and unique way to, to do an album. For sure. Well, I mean, you get it really enhances. And I mean, like you said, uh, since uh, Johnny's been doing recording for that long, he's already got all these tools in his arsenal. But like, I mean, when you're going around and you're like, okay, couch, let's use the couch for for sound dampening. Like, you got to get creative with those things. And I mean, it definitely keeps you on your toes. For sure. It's got to, I mean, keep it interesting instead of going into the same room every single time, you know. Absolutely. Um, so you just released Feeling Good. Uh, how's, I mean, it's been a, a real, not the, uh, what, week and a half? A week and a half since you released it? How's the response been so far? The response has been really cool. I think it's got like 15,000 plays on Spotify. Nice. Bonalia 
it's it's this is a song that's going to be on her upcoming record and johnny cosmic has produced this whole record and you know and of course he produced easy to love you so it's really neat to see him work with her on this yeah and he's very good at achieving like listening to an artist and, and really listening to their style and figuring out how can we really like take that style and and, and hone in on it for the record you know yeah. and, like bring that out and so he did a really good job with her sound because she She's a ukulele player. She has a really sweet voice. And so he did a really good song, a job on this song. And when they asked me to do the verse, I was like 100% down to do it. Nice. And I feel really good about the release. I feel good about feeling good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, nice. I, so I heard on more uh, upcoming music, actually, you know, you were talking about trying to get this album out and you got got your eyes set on maybe 2021 20, spring, more likely 21 fall. But I heard you 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 worked on a song on the album with G Love, who uh, G Love was yeah. was awesome enough to come on the show. Super nice guy. Um, how did how did you start working with G Love? It's it's funny, man. The lockdowns had really gotten me into that mode where it's like, okay, we can use fa- you know FaceTime and Zoom and Skype and everything. That all these things were already there, but yeah. since we were kind of forced lockdown, everyone's like, well, we need to, we need to start utilizing these platforms. And so for me, I've been reaching out to the artists that I admire, artists that I've been wanting to work with. And yeah. G-Love was on that roster. Nice. Sent him an email and got into his schedule. We had an hour songwriting session and we, we've got a, a full song idea, you know, that's, that's, it's got a great chorus and I'm really excited to get into the studio when we can and, and, and finish this one. So G-Love will be on the album and I'm really nice. excited for that because he's been, he's been doing it for so long, man. And yeah. he's just, he's been a big influence on a lot of people. Man, you got, I can only imagine that must've been a super positive, super positive writing session. You, you two guys are like at the end of the spectrum as far as positivity, man. Yes! He's just always, he's always <laughs> so happy. I love watching his live streams during this quarantine because every time he's just like, hey, hey! he's just so, so excited to be on there. I'm like, man, G love spreading the love, man. But he's, he's, uh, he's had a lot of great songs played. Uh, his last album had a lot of good, uh, collaborations with Keb Moe. And Keb's just so talented the guitar man. He just he's got. Oh, what a legend! Yeah, he's they, they both. Uh, that that's a good person to have on the album. I'm excited to hear that song for sure. Um, so last question overall, wh- what are the plans uh, for the rest of 2020? I mean, obviously, I know a lot of things up in the air because of quarantine and everything like that. But overall, what's sort of the the big objectives for K Bong and for Stick Figure? Continue songwriting, continue working on songs, continue to find inspiration, find peace. I, I, you know, stay stay up to date with everything that's going on in the world, but don't let it consume you. Don't let it overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. Try to stay, try to have a nice balance. That yoga is crucial. Playing <laughs> playing my instruments is crucial. Songwriting is crucial. Continuing to engage our fan base. Yeah. Shout out to the K-Bong Hitters, Shout which is our out. Facebook group for K-Bong, and then the Stick Figure Family, which is a Facebook group for Stick Figure. Continuing out. to engage and continuing to say hello. I mean, we don't have shows, physical reality shows right now, so the shows are all digital. Yeah. I go on IG, Instagram Live, and that's, you know, it's essentially playing a gig. So 
continuing to do that, continuing to meet the fans and, and engage the fans through social media is just really my focus, you know, and be grateful for the support that we have. We have such incredible fans and I just have to shout them all out right now. And, and you know, all, for all the fans listening, like continue to stay in touch, continue to spin our music, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and continue to write comments and like give us a shout on social media because it keeps us engaged as well as in its full circle. You know, for, love hearing from you guys. For sure. Real, real quick on yeah. that. How, how do you, how have you like doing the sort of concert on IG Live? Has that has that been an awesome experience or, you know, so-so? It's been a great experience. It's, it's essentially like I'm using the same energy that I would, you know, getting ready for a concert on the stage. And that's something that I've been used to now for over 10 years. Yeah. So it's just taking that same mentality, kind of that same preparation, getting up, you know, jumping around, getting the blood flowing, shaking it off. Like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. And I sit down in front of the camera and I'm performing to a camera i'm looking at a lens but i know behind that you know there could be 200 people or 50 yeah. people or whatever it may be i know that the people are there yeah and a lot of the people i know because i've seen it shows before and so keeping them in mind and keeping you know knowing that hey they could be singing along they could be dancing or that it's bringing joy in their life knowing yeah. that and keeping that in mind like keeps me going and gets me excited you know Very and nice. i'm a fan too i tune into g loves and i'm yeah. sitting there as a fan so i i know what the perspective is and know how much of an impact it makes and so I really do enjoy doing it. Nice. I, I can't wait to get back to live shows, but for now, this is the way we're rocking out. You know? Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, Kay, I want to thank you for coming on the show today, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, man. Shout out to 95.5 FM, yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, I really man. appreciate you guys so much for spreading this reggae music, and thank you guys. And shout out to Florida. Of all the reggae listeners in Florida. Yes. Listeners, you can check out all things K-Bong at kbongmusic.com. You can check out all things Stick Figure at stickfiguremusic.com, or you can check them out on Instagram at stickfiguremusic and K-Bong Music. Right now, let's take a listen to Feeling Good right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. That was K-Bong. You just heard the most recent single from K-Bong. Man, good stuff, dude. I told you. He's a positive fellow, that K-Bong. Positive guy. It's a good time. Yeah, man. Now, just like I said at the beginning of the show, we need to go from Jacksonville to San Diego. When we get to San Diego, La Perla. Write it down. Yes! We're going to hit La Perla up. We're going to have some killer carne asada tacos. It's going to be delicious. And I'm telling you. So true. San Diego, where you want to be in, in California. It's the best. It's the best. Bar none. It's got the Doc G approval. Oh. Boom. Doc G approval. So, yeah, I'm looking up. I'm looking up some of their, like, original stuff. Like, this is with stick figures, you mm -hmm. know. And, uh... It's talking about their heavy sublime reference, mm -hmm. uh, or like he grew up. That's what he grew up yeah. listening to. Yeah, that's what Scott was real big into. Was uh, into sublime, like we said, like with uh, talking with K Bong. You know, they come at it from a little bit different of a of a perspective. You know, um, K Bong was all about uh, punk first, and then hip hop, and then reggae. Uh, Scott sort of meld them all together a little bit with with Sublime. Uh, it's uh, yeah, you can hear it. You can hear it definitely in his delivery of vocals. You can hear that inspiration for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but a good time, good time with uh, K Bong. Hopefully, he'll come back on the show real soon. We're hoping. Fingers crossed. Thanks for coming on the show, K Bong. Uh, Jake, it's time. Last birthday suit. Oh yeah, let's go. Um, now this one again, I know you know who it is. 
Just don't know if from the clues you'll be able to get it. So I gave a 75 percenter. Word. 75. Okay. That's, that's, that, yeah, that's. Some, right okay. now you're a one right. and a half. So you're already at 50 yeah. percent even if you don't get this at all. So you got that in the yeah. pocket at least, uh, which you can feel good because uh, uh, Dave only got one and a half last week. So there you go. You can at least match Dave. That's right. Uh, from Wednesday. Okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, born on July 12, 1948 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Our birthday suit wearer struggled with obesity from a young age. He uh, continued gaining weight throughout his childhood uh, and had to deal with the problems of obesity all the way up to college. He ended up uh, going to Florida State and graduated with a B.A. in art. Uh, after college, he moved to Los Angeles. By this time, he weighed 270 pounds and was only 5'6". Uh, so was definitely battling with some obesity there. But he fell in love with fitness. That's right. Okay. Fell in love with fitness. Loved fitness classes, especially aerobics. Started working out constantly, so much that he decided to open up his own studio. Hmm. Called his own studio the Anatomy Asylum. There you go. There you go, Jay. You're a fan of anatomy. This guy's a fan of anatomy. There you That's go. That's right. Uh, he lost over 123 pounds. His studio became so popular that he created fitness videos for home workouts in the 80s. His most popular most popular series was called Sweatin' to the Oldies. Hmm. He's Wait, is this uh Richard Simmons? Richard Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Turning the big 72. Okay. Trademark Take that, Dave. Trademark poofy hair, tank tops, and short shorts. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Little side note. Oh, yeah. uh, anytime me and my brother go to a really uh, cold weather place, my brother refuses to wear pants when he goes out for a run. Like, it doesn't matter how cold it is. It can be like, you know, it can be it can be millie-knock-it weather, and he's going to still wear shorts. Um, and he calls it Richard Simmons whenever he does it. It's Richard Simmons. Got to mm. do it because he's wearing shorts. Cause you, ne okay. you never see Richard Simmons not in shorts, man. He's always rocking the short no. shorts. Always. I didn't. I didn't realize he. I didn't realize he started kind of obese. Yeah. I didn't. Whole know life, man. Whole life. Oh well, you know, whole wow. adolescent life. He was obese, and uh, and he actually, sadly, his first job was a praline salesman. So obviously you're not. You, Jeez, man, you've got some challenges when you're selling pralines. Those things are too good to be around that long. You're just gonna yeah. eat those things, well, now, man. It's not good. Didn't he? He can, he went through a phase, I believe, where he was like somewhat of a recluse, and then everybody thought that it was he had some sort of like health condition yeah. or something. Was well, wrong with for him. a while they hypothesized that a witch had taken over his house. Word. Uh, that was that uh, was yeah. one of the conspiracy yeah. theories going on. But that's one of the things that I wanted to mention. Um, the, it, it's a pandemic miracle. There's a lot of negative things going on about the pandemic, but one of the few positive things, Richard Simmons reemerged. Richard Simmons has been releasing fitness videos on YouTube during the pandemic. That is right. Good. Richard Simmons back in full form. 72. 72, Jake. 
looking good for 72. Nice. Getting fit, man. I got to tell you, I love people like Richard Simmons. So true. Yeah, he may be a little he may be a little flamboyant. He may be a little crazy, but you know what? He loves it. He loves it. He gets out yeah. there and he uh, he owns it. He doesn't care if he looks goofy. He owns it, man. And because he doesn't care, it makes him cool. It makes him so cool. That's right. With his with his candy striper shorts and his tank top. Yes! Looking fly. Way yeah. fly. You get it, Richard. 72. 72. Happy birthday, Richard. Uh, okay, Jake. It's time to tell you about the shows coming up. Got some shows, man. All right. Got some shows. I'm pretty excited. I'm going to give you a rundown. Next show is very, very exciting. This is Crownlands. I've been telling you about Crownlands, building it up, man. And I don't like when people, uh, you know, try to tell you about a new band and they compare it to an amazing band. But these guys mm -hmm. really do give me uh, a... I'm not going to say they remind me exactly of them because that's too much, but they remind me if you were to take some aspects of Deep Purple, some aspects of Led oh. Zeppelin, some aspects of Rush, and then the aspect of sort of the Black Keys and the uh, and the White Stripes as a duo and put them all together, that's what I am reminded of in Crownland. Say what? That's what they give me. And I mean, obviously, that lineup I just gave you is a pretty righteous yeah. lineup. Like... It's crazy. It, I just, I don't, it's all over the place, to be yeah. honest. Like, there's, yeah, and yeah, these, so many good things but about their lead singer has this like swag. Like, I don't know what it is, man. It's like Robert, it, it's like Robert Plant, but it's not as like boastful. Like, mm. he's like this sort of in the background, sort of mystical. It's, oh man, it's so good, though. And then, uh, Kevin who's coming on the show. We're going to talk to Kevin. He's got this, like, Getty Lee vibe to him. Mm. That's one of his idols there. He's big into Getty Lee, huge okay. into Getty Lee. But just such big guitar riffs. They're the drums. And that's one of the things I'm going to tell him that I really love about the band is both of them are pure rhythm section people. Kevin grew up being a bassist first. Uh, Cody grew up being a drummer first. So that's what really every it's like rhythm is just ingrained in their songs. So amazing. Can't wait to talk to them. So, it's gonna be awesome. So is it just two guys and a and a bass and drums or like guitar and just drums? Just two guys, but they don't play those so Kevin during his main instrument during their songs is guitar. Yeah. Cody's main instrument is singing, but he also plays the drums. Okay. And then Kevin also plays synth and bass as well throughout the songs Say with what? pedals and with a double neck guitar. Oh, it's insane. Man. He's doing everything up there. I'm going to look these it's guys insane. up right now. That sounds pretty wild. They're ballers, wild. man. That's They're right. Ballers. They such good songs. I I don't I don't want to ruin it all, but Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm said one of the best bands she's heard in the last decade. Yeah. Lizzie Hale. Belter. She can sing like nobody's business. Anyways, don't want to build them up too much. We got some other people that are amazing coming on. AJ Smith, his newest song is Billy Joel. It's been promoted by Billy Joel. Billy mm -hmm. Joel has said, hey, listen to this song called Billy Joel. It's good. 
It's crazy. It's such a good story that goes along with it, too. And this, I told Dave about this last show. This is what I'm really excited to talk to him. Don't tell him about this, but I'm super excited. He worked with Glenn Fry when he was in his, his master's program. Oh, wow. That's pretty killer. Yeah. Yeah, he learned songwriting from one of the masters, Glenn Fry, yes! uh, in 2013, and he got to open for the Eagles in 2013 at the Beacon Theater in New York. Dang. Girl, crazy. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. So we're going to have AJ on. He's going to be amazing. Town Mountain is coming on, too. Town Mountain, uh, their story is super interesting. They're a bluegrass band, been around for like 18 years. They make amazing music. They've got this real close connection with Tyler Childers. Right? Yeah. Tyler Childers, they they uh they actually played Red Rocks with him last year. It was just him, Tyler Childers, and Town Mountain. And the story is Town Mountain used to play uh, Kentucky all the time and Tyler Childers came to their concerts when he was a young buck, when he was like a teenager. Dude. And he'd come in and be like, Guys, can I sing in your you know, sing a song with you guys? And they finally started letting him and they were like, Man, this guy's got something. This guy is impressive, right? That, and they've been close friends ever since. But it's off. insane, man. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. So a lot of great guests. I'm super excited. But for now, we got a shutdown shop for this week. I have been your host, Doc G. With me on the Sunday Fun Day edition, as always, Papa J-Bones Parlor. Jake? Keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy. You keep it short and concise. I like it, Jake. Yeah. It's a short ending. You don't need to overdo anything. I like it. I like it. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Mm-hmm.